With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sotad of Chav Ches. We begin one line from the bottom of Chav Zayin Mabez. The Gemara asks, Oisoy Laman. At the very beginning of the Mishnah, we said that just like the waters check her, and if she is guilty, so her stomach is going to blow up and her leg is going to fall, so too it checks him. So Gemara says, who's him? Who's the other guy that's checking? Yilem Labal, if we're talking about the husband, that the husband is getting checked, Baal Ma'avid, what did the husband do? onto the top of Aleph, and if you're going to say that if there's some kind of sin, so then the water is going to check him as well. Meaning, if the husband also was unfaithful, or he was having relations with another man's wife, so it's going to check him and make him blow up. Is it true that if he has some kind of transgression, so the water is going to check him? We learned in a brisa. Only when the man is clean of sin, of transgression, only then is the woman going to get checked. Only then will she have to carry her sin. So, when the man is clean from sin, so then the waters can check his wife. If the man is not clean from sin, then the waters do not check his wife. So it can't be talking about that the husband gets blown up, because if the husband is guilty, so then the waters don't work at all. The Allah Labayel, so it's talking about the one that she had illicit relations with. So Gemara says, If it's talking about the one who she had illicit relations with, let it say, like it says in the end of the Mishnah, that just like she's forbidden to her husband, she's also forbidden to the one that she had relations with. So it uses the Lushan there of Bayel, which means the one she had relations with, as opposed to at the beginning where it says, him. Why doesn't it say the same thing? Really, in the beginning, it's talking about the one she had illicit relations with. Veresha, in the beginning, since it says her, so therefore it says him, without specifically saying that it's referring to the one that she had illicit relations with. However, in the end, in the later case, so it says Baal, the husband, therefore it also says Baal, the one that she had relations with. The Gemara continues, Shinemar Uva'u Uva'u. So we learned it out from the fact that it says, Uva'u Uva'u. Yibayilahu. I have a question. Ba'u Uba'u Ka'amar? Are we saying that we're learning it out from the extra Vav? Right? That's the contrast between the word Ba'u and Uba'u. Oh, Uba'u Uba'u Ka'amar. We're learning it out from the fact that it says Uba'u twice. Tashema, the Gemara brings a proof. Kishim Shasur Labal Kachasur Labayil. The second case of the Mishnah says that just like she's forbidden to her husband, she's also forbidden to the one she had illicit relations with. Shanemar, as the verse says, Nitma v'nitma. So here it seems to sound like that uh, that we're learning that from the extra vav. So the Gemara says, wait, nitma nitma kamar, nitma v'nitma kamar. We could ask even in the second case as well, if it means that we're learning out from the fact that there's an extra vav, or from the fact that it says it twice. Tashama, the Gemara brings a proof. Midiktani Sefer, it says in the end, Rebbe, I mean, Rebbe says, Shnei pa'amem ha'amurim b'parsha. Rebbe spells it out explicitly, and he's arguing. He says, from the fact that it says it twice in this parsha, v'nitma v'nitma, so echad l'bal v'echad l'boyl. So one's teaching us about the husband, that she's forbidden to the husband, and one is teaching us she's forbidden to the one she had illicit relations with. Mechlal, so we can deduce Rebbe Akiva, that Rebbe Akiva is not learning it from the fact that it says it twice, but rather, vavikadar, she's learning it out from the actual letter vav, the fact that it's an extra vav. Hilkach l'Rebbe Akiva, so now it comes out according to Rebbe Akiva, so we have in the verse, it says it, three times it says uva'u, so we have three uva'us and three extra vavs. So shita kraik sivi. So we have six verses. We have six things that we can make a drasha from. Chad le tzava odida, chad le tzava odide. 
One is a command that she has to drink in regards to herself, and one is a command that she has to drink in regards to the one that she had illicit relations with. Chad la'asiyadida, One is in order that we should know that this thing works for her, meaning the waters can accomplish what the Torah says they're going to accomplish for her, as well as for him. Chad li'adiyadida, one of these drushes is for her understanding of the fact that first it's going to ruin her stomach and then her leg, so she understands what's going to happen, that it's not going to be her leg first and then her stomach. And the other one is that he should know, meaning the one that she had listened relations with, should also know that it's going to be stomach first and then the leg. So Rebbe, so he holds that there are only three verses, meaning he doesn't learn out from the fact that there's an extra vav. Each one of these is only for her. The first one is for the command that she should do it. The second one is that the Torah is promising that if she does it, this is what's going to happen, she'll blow up. The third one is her, for her awareness, for her knowledge, that she knows that first it's going to be her stomach, and then it's going to be her leg. By the way, I just want to point out that whenever we say the leg, we're talking about her leg blowing up, it's actually referring to Oisoy Makum, her private parts, and it would seem that it would be the same as well for him. And of course the Torah speaks in a Tzanua way, in a very modest way. So now, Virebi, according to Rebbe, So Rebbe, how does he know that just like the waters check her, it also checks him if he can't learn it out from the Pasuk? How does he know it? He knows it out from the following Pilyarich. The verse says that uh, it's going to blow up her stomach, make her leg fall. So this is referring to the stomach and the leg of the one she had illicit relations with. You're telling me that it's the one that she had relations with. Maybe it's talking about the woman herself. When the verse says uh, that her stomach will blow up and her leg will fall, is that talking about her? Because it says it, it's talking about her. That's what it's talking about. So why does the verse say to blow up a stomach and to make a leg fall? It doesn't say reference specifically to her. Why does it say it again? Because it's referring to the one that she had illicit relations with, that his stomach and his leg is going to fall. So according to Rabbi Akiva, that we learn this out, that the, that the boil, the one that she had illicit relations with, we learn it out from the fact that there's an extra vav in the word uvau. So what does he do with this verse? So he learns it out to tell you that we warn her that first it's going to go into her stomach and then it's going to destroy her leg. Because the Kohen also says that first it's going to destroy her private parts, her leg, and then it's going to destroy her stomach, so she shouldn't think that that's the actual order, but rather that she'll know that the way it works is first it goes in the stomach, and then it destroys her leg. And according to Rebbe, Then if the verse only wanted to teach us that, it could have just said, again, her stomach and her leg. My beten v'yorech. So why does it say it this way? Shmamina le boil. So it's teaching us that it's going on the boil. It's going on the one who she had a list of relations with. Ema kule lahachi. So according to Rebbe, so why don't we say that the whole verse is going only to tell us that, and it's only coming to tell us that the one that she had a list of relations with, it happens to him. Maybe it's not telling us that we have to inform her. So maybe that's what it's for. Emkain lichtav lichtav bitnai v'yorech. Let the verse say. His stomach and his leg. My bet and viara. So why does the verse say stomach and leg? Shmami no tarti. This is teaching us two things. One is that the stomach and the leg 
of the Bayel gets blown up as well. And second of all, that we warn her and we make her aware of the fact that first it's going to affect the stomach and then the leg. Arm Yeshua. Yeshua says, we learn in the Brisa. Shalish Pa'amim, there are three times Ha'amur Meparsha, Im Nitma, Nitma, Vinitma. It says three different times the word Nitma. Lema. What does this teach us? Echelabal, Vechelabal. One is to teach us that the husband, she's forbidden to the husband. Second one is to teach us that she's forbidden to the Bail, to the one she had illicit relations with. The Echel, the Chuma, and this is the third one is to teach us that she's forbidden. She's a Basko in the daughter of a, of a priest. She can no longer eat Chuma. Dear Rabbi Kiva, as Rabbi Kiva says. Now Rabbi Shmuel responds back with something which is enigmatic, and the Gemara on Amit Beis on the bottom is going to explain it. We're going to see it soon. Amit Rabbi Shmuel. So Rabbi Shmuel says, Rabbi Shmuel seems to be responding to something that Rabbi Kiva didn't say. Now he starts talking about not only the fact that she's ushered to, to eat any kind of truma if she's a Bas Kohen, but she's also forbidden to marry a Kohen. Kalva Chomer. We have a if we find by a woman who's a divorcee, she's permitted, if she's a Basco in the daughter of a Kohen, she's permitted to eat Shuma, Asur Lekuhuna. Nevertheless, she's forbidden to marry a Kohen because she's a Grusha, she's a divorcee. Zu, however, this woman who had illicit relations, she's Asur Betruma, so she's forbidden from eating any kind of Shuma if she's the daughter of a Kohen, certainly, if we find that she's even forbidden from eating truma, certainly she's forbidden to marry a Kohen. Now the Brasic continues, saying a different point. Why does the Pasuk say that she is for, she is impure, I'm sorry, or she is not impure? Right? The verse seems to imply in two different places that we know for sure that she's impure, or we know for sure she's not. If, she, if we know for sure she is, why is she drinking? And if she's not impure, so why does she have to drink at all? So what is this teaching us? This is teaching us that no, don't read it as two separate statements that we know she's impure or we know she's or we know she's not impure. But rather read those two statements as if we're saying that they're a suffix, we're not sure if she's impure or she's not impure. And therefore, based on the fact that we don't know, nevertheless, we still say that we consider it as if we know for sure Hasafik Asura, that when we don't know it's she is forbidden as if we know that she is indeed impure. So from here, meaning from Sota, we can learn out to Sheretz. If we find by Sota that we don't, in the case of Sota, right, if she is a Shogig, if, if it wasn't her fault. Let's say she was coerced, she was raped. So we don't consider her that she did it intentionally. She doesn't become forbidden to her husband, assuming that her husband's not a Kohen. And, and if she did it by accident, if she was forced, it's not considered that she did it willfully. Nevertheless, what do we see if it's a suffix, if we're not sure if she became impure? So we still say that it's considered that as if it was vada, we know for sure, meaning she is forbidden to her husband. So if that's the case, so sheretz, by, by a bug, that we find that whether it was done unintentionally or intentionally, or if it was something that was something that happened completely without any fault, and nevertheless we consider like it happened with fault, Meaning, if someone touches a bug, so whether you did it intentionally or not, you become impure. We turn the page to Chav base. So certainly we should make a suffix, if we find it's true by, by a sota, that if, even though we're not sure if she actually did something, if she became impure, so to speak. 
Nevertheless, we consider it as, a, as if she is impure and she's forbidden to her husband. So, so too, we'll say for sure by sheretz, by a bug touching a person, that if we're not sure, if the person's not sure he's a suffolk, he's in doubt whether or not he touched something which was impure, a bug. So we're going to say that's, that this case also is going to be that even though it's a suffolk, it's only unsure, he will also be considered as if he is sure, and therefore he will also be impure. And we makam shabasa, from the place that we learned it, meaning from Sota, we learned it out to Sharetz, Ma Sota Rishos Hayachid, so Sota, just like a Sota, she only will do her type of impure action in a place which is a private place. Av Sharetz Rishos Hayachid, Sota, this impurity that we're talking about by a bug is only specifically by a private place. And just like a sota is a woman, you can, she has the ability to respond if we ask her. And we have the ability to ask her and she can respond and say whether or not she did it. So to a bug, in order for us to create this impurity, so the one that we're asking has to have the ability to respond and to know how to answer the question. That would come to exclude, let's say, a katan, a very small child who doesn't have the ability to understand this type of question, whether or not he's impure. Mikan Amru, so from here we said, So a someone who has the ability to ask when it comes to a Rishosayachid in a private domain, if he has a suffix, if he's unsure what happened, so we assume that he's Tameh. However, if we're talking about a Rishosarabim in a public domain, if, if, it, if he's not sure, so if he's unsure, so he is indeed pure. So if someone does not have the ability to ask, and he's not old enough, he's not of the age that he understands what's going on, whether we're talking about Rishosayachid, a private domain or a public domain, if he's unsure, so then he's Tahor, he is indeed pure. We'll continue from here in the next daily daf.